Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. Okay, so today on the Live Healthy Podcast, we have Dr. Bilal Salab at the British Veterinary Center in Khalifa City. Welcome. Hello, um, how are you? Thank you very much <laughs> for having good. me today. <laughs> I had a, I saw a very cute cat in the lobby named Coco, um, but I don't know if you're taking care of uh, Coco or not. Oh, yes, she's actually coming to see Dr. Jonathan <laughs> Is she? for a recheck. Yeah. yeah. I love coming to the vet and seeing all the pets. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, okay, so let's get started. I wanted to ask you, what made you want to be a vet in the first place? Nice. Okay, so um, I always had a very strong interest in medicine and science, but also because I grew up in a family where we always had vets. We had horses, we had dogs and cats, and I was so passionate about these vets. They were like part of me. And I always wanted to be the person who was able to take responsibility of these vets, who was able to make sure that they are not in pain, not to suffer, uh, and that's how the idea of wanting to be a vet started with me. But then also, I was so fascinated about the, the vets who used to come to see our horses. Always wanted to be like these guys, and here I am, doing the same thing today. Do you see horses now? No. 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 I used to see New Zealand. Uh, I used to, to, to work in mixed tracks in New Zealand. I used to see horses, cows, um, large animals, yeah. This is a weird question, but what's is there a difference between a cow or a horse or a cat or a dog when you're a veterinarian? Yes. Like, yes. I mean, obviously there's a difference, but what are the differences? Uh, a lot of things. Uh, they are different in diseases. Uh, they have different uh, physiology. They have different anatomy. Um, they have when we approach the the, the, the cases uh, for each of these species, we have to think. You know what we're dealing with, and the, you know it, it, it becomes different. The, the the different anatomy, the different feeding, different uh, diseases, and that's how we we always have to think about. Um, do horses and cows let you know in the same way that cats and dogs what's wrong with them? I, like, are they when they communicate with you? Because uh, we don't think of horses and cows. As, yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, uh, horses are, are not good in, in, in hiding pain. They are they are very they, they, they show pain very well. Uh, cows and cats are very good in, in, in hiding pain, uh, and they only can do sometimes they just sit quiet uh, and they, they don't they don't come to you or, or you know they don't express that pain very well as as well as as, as, well as horses or dogs um, or puppies. Um, so that's that's the difference. So you have to, to to be aware of these things, and you have to, you know, and also owners. We, we tend to, to 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 train owners as well, and to tell them how to to look for things like that. And uh, and yeah, every day every day is interesting with with, with animals. So uh, you said cows and cats don't show pain the same way. What about horses and dogs? How do they show pain? Uh, they they are very good in showing pain. Uh, it depends on where the pain is, and uh, they, they, they go very restless, they go very, um, sometimes in horses, like especially if they are colicky, 
um, they, they can they can choose to be like they, they, they can be jumpy they can do like the kicker themselves they, they keep rolling in the sand they yeah. keep rolling on the floor um, they, feel, they go very sweaty uh, they don't come to you when you call them um, they, they tend to be a bit quiet sometimes so they, they are very depressing when, when you see them you will know for sure that they are not right mm-hmm. uh, but cats or cows um, very unlike that. They, they just, they, they suddenly, they can try to, especially cats as well, they are very good at hiding the pain and because like their, their, their cousins in the wild, they, they, they tend to be, they, you know, the, uh, the, the king of the, the forest. Mm-hmm. They, they try to hide that pain, they push it down, they, they like to look very strong, they like to look very powerful. Um, yeah. Because cats, when they get injured, I had a cat when I was a kid and the cat, was gone for three weeks and my mom said maybe she got hit cats can when they get pain they'll go away and die they'll they'll wander away they won't just they won't come home is that kind of like um, a part of it uh not really i mean uh maybe the situation is uh maybe she probably wasn't able to come back home if she was um they shouldn't you should be able to come back if they, if they went away and for some reason they got sick they always ask for help uh, I've seen some some you know client bringing rescue cats from the streets where they are very very sore, uh, and what what happens with these guys is always they tell that um, these cats were just following us uh, and the cat was lame and asking for help mm-hmm. and keep meowing and like wanting to to for, for you know looking for attention wants us to take her to the vet, uh, so they <laughs> are they are sometimes they, they can be. Um, the, the, you know, like if they are sore, they try to they try to hide pain in some in some aspect, especially if they are in the wild. But also, uh, if they are good with human, um, they if they know us, if they trust us, they, they come and show us that pain and they they, they, they ask us for help. Um, it's hard when you have a pet to not be very obsessed with it and look at it when it's not exactly the way you expect it to be. Yes. <laughs> Do you get right. a lot of people bringing pets in? Unnecessarily? Like- um, I, won't, I won't call it unnecessary because everyone has a concern and we shouldn't dismiss anyone's concern. Um, if you have a concern about your beloved pet, we have to respect that concern and we have to look at that concern very deeply. And also we have to, if you don't know how serious that is or if you think that it might be serious to you, then we have to respect that and we have to maybe teach you what's the right thing to do with that thing or if it's actually a concern or if it's something you really need to worry about. Um, okay, what do you think people get wrong about their pets? Okay, <laughs> I can tell you about the very most common ones I almost see every day. Okay. So, majority of us got the concerns about pets or about animals from the cartoons that we used to watch when we were young. Oh. Although, although we know that the characters in these cartoons um, are not real, but they still left us with those misconceptions about animals or about pets. For example, when we watch Manjuri, you may think that cats should drink cow's milk. And some people, until today, every day, some people come to you and what you, when you ask, what do you feed your cat? We eat cow's milk. So the reality is cow's milk is not actually right for your cat. And the reason for this is most mammals, as they grow, they lose their ability to digest milk. Um, and cats are one of these mammals. Uh, and they develop what we call uh, lactose intolerance. <laughs> lactose is the sugar of the milk. So when they drink milk, that lactose, the sugar part of the milk, is actually not digestible in their tummy. And it tends to draw a lot of fluids and a lot of water into their intestines. 
and it makes them to be a bit colicky, a bit uncomfortable. Um, they can have a bit of bloat, a little bit of loose bowel motion. So if you have a cat, don't feed her cat, uh, cow's milk. Um, you, if it's, especially if it's an adult fully grown cat, it's probably better to feed a high quality cat food. Um, or if it's a kitten, you don't know where her mother is, then you probably use a cat milk replacer. Um, that may be the best thing to do. And it's easy to find. You can get it from a pet shop or from your nearest vet clinic um, or maybe in a supermarket. Okay, so some not... people, yeah, some people also argue about using lactose-free milk, cow's milk to cats. This is also still not right. Yeah, because um, each mammal species, they have their, their unique uh, nutrient blend in their milk. Um, and even if you feed your cat or your kitten, uh, lactose-free cow's milk is still not a complete answer. So it's probably better to use cat milk replacer if, if she doesn't have a mother. Okay, and what about dogs? What do people get wrong about dogs? Uh, about dogs, um, similar thing as well. Like people tend to, 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 you know, to feed them the, the wrong diet sometimes, or sometimes people also, uh, they tend to give them uh, the most expensive diet uh, and, and they think that they're feeding them the right food uh, without, you know, and they forget that uh, you know, to consult a veterinarian about uh, what is the right amount to give or what is actually, or if they have a chronic condition uh, that needs to be dealt with or need a specific prescription diet, uh, that sort of thing that always people forget about and they, they tend to, to get it, you know, in the wrong um, I saw a, a comedian last year, Joe Rogan, he did a comedy bit about people who have their pets on vegan diets. Vegan cats, have you heard about yes, this? Yes, we do. Uh, yes, uh, it's actually, it's, it's recommended sometimes. In, in we, we, and it can be as a sort of exclusion diet. Uh, we use that for certain conditions where, where they're supposed to be away from um, most proteins, animal-based proteins. Yes, it can, it can be used, but uh, <laughs> that's where the future is going, you know, like as well as, you know, we don't, as, because we now, you know, it's getting more, um, advanced now and we every day we learn more about these creatures and and certainly yes they can have vegan diets um, but not everyone can have it uh, and they can have it in certain conditions in certain situation and also still have to supply the rest of the nutrients that they need as well. Do you see beyond cats, dogs, birds, do you see yes. any sort of exotic animals here? Uh, we do uh, in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's yeah it's you know it's Beautiful community, so mm -hmm. we see uh, animals from everywhere. We see a lot of exotic. We see some. I see gazelles sometimes. I see uh, peacocks. Uh, I see uh, parrots. Uh, occasionally, we see reptiles. Um, back in the days, like a few years back, we used to see big cats okay. um, and primates, but we don't see that anymore now. We try not to see them. <laughs> Do if someone calls and says I have a big cat? Do you say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll try to. I mean, the government is working very very well in, in making these things away now because it's not safe to have in the community as well. And mm -hmm. especially with primates, they can carry diseases that can, can infect us. Um, so it's, it's not safe to have them. They should be in, you know, in the right place. Now you were, the reason I wanted to interview you is you were the vet for my beautiful friends who lost their dog, who she was very sick. And um, like, she just sings your praises so much for how caring you were yeah, and you were texting much. and everything for beautiful Bianca. And uh, I just wanted to ask you about when you're in that position with people who have a pet that they love so much and you're trying to do absolutely everything for them. How do you, how do you get to the point where like, it's, it's, you know, it's like 
it's the end and there's nothing else you can do. How, how does that affect you and how do you deal with the people? That's the hardest part of the job. But also, I mean, um, this, this is very hard and it, it's even harder for, for the owners as well. Um, I mean, it depends on the owner. I like, like some, some people are, they have the, the feeling before they even come and see you that, that, that that's going to be the end. Um, and that makes things a bit easier. But uh, if someone who is very attached and doesn't expect that to be the end, then, uh, I mean, you have to keep trying. I mean, that's the only way you just have to. I come straight forward to, to the client and always, you know, tell them that's, that's what's going to happen. Um, I mean, there's nothing we can do. Um, although it's, it's very difficult, but we have to listen to the body. Um, you know, if, if the pet... If the pet's body says that I, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I can't do anymore, then that's, it has to be that way. Nothing else you can do. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, this is a hard new tools. Uh, it's, it's, it's difficult, and, uh, but we have to face it. Um, you have just to, some people, like, sometimes you may have to, you know, take it in, in a gradual way as well. Sometimes you may have to, um, to prove that uh, to, the, to the client. Uh, until they convince um, that it's, there's nothing else can be done. How do you deal with that? You love animals. It must be hard for you. And it's you very hard, Anne. It's very hard. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you just have to, I have to deal with it. Um, maybe I'm used to it now, um, but it's very difficult um, and uh, nothing I can do with it. And I think also it's a blessing um, to be able to take them out of suffer as well. Because if you leave them, they will be in suffering in pain and, and you don't want to see them there. Um, so, you know, it, it's still it's still blessing for them and it's still blessing for us to be able to do that for them. So, um, and it, it, sometimes it's this decision to make for some cases. How do you know if the vet you're going to isn't making you get some unnecessary things that are making you spend extra money? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's hard one. Great. <laughs> so maybe the best way, I mean, one of the most important things to do for your pet is to, to make sure you take your pet on a regular basis to your pet. Um, and also, um, the, 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 we are lucky these days because we can read, uh, we can have access to any information. Um, so um, I recommend always to my clients to, if you're planning to have a pet, to always educate yourself about this, 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 you know, go on the internet, read about it, um, see what you need to learn about behavior, about nutrition, and always consult your pet. And then when you go to, 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 to go to see your, your pet, um, then you, you, you always welcome to, to ask as, question, as, often, as many questions as you want. And then um, if, you, if you feel that you're being asked to do very unnecessary, um, you know, diagnostics and especially if you have a healthy, fully, you know, fully healthy pet um, and you're being asked to do unnecessary things, then it's probably the time. Just be, be cautious and then um, always read, always ask um, and um, I think that's the only way. And it, it, it's, more about, it's more about trust. If you trust your veterinarian, and uh, then that's 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 where it comes from. Um, it's it's not like uh, it's not like a mainly about business. Uh, it's about trust. It's about the value. It's about the service. It's a quality you trust this veterinarian, and you want to receive that. You know you, you know that this veterinarian will give you the best service that you, you you're looking at, 
um, and you will take their advice completely, then, then yes, it's easy. So I don't think there is a way that you can learn if you, especially because if you don't have a medical background, you won't know unless if you trust your veterinarian um, and then, you, you know, and then you also self-educate yourself and sort of work together and you should be, you should be fine. Okay. What kind of ailments uh, are most common in cats? And then you can tell, and then dogs. Um, very common. It's just because here in, in, in Abu Dhabi or UAE as well, because we see a lot, you know, the community here is, is, is coming from worldwide. Like it's multicultural, multinational. Uh, and also the same for animals as well. We see animals coming from all over. So we see almost everything. So for cats, um, most of the problem that we see in cats, it can be, like, it depends on the age, it depends on the breed, it depends on. Um, yeah, it depends on the age of breed and also can be the, the gender of them. Um, so, um, you know, cat fights are very common here. Cat fights, the cats tend to fight, especially in straight cats. Uh, but also, we still see infectious diseases, we still see um, uh, endocrinological or gland, glandular diseases. Uh, or also, we still see um, um, neuroplastic diseases like tumor things. Uh, and yeah, that's like almost everything. And the same for dogs as well. Uh, dogs, we see infectious diseases, we see developmental diseases, neuroplastic, um, um, endocrinological, um, these sort of things. Now, uh, if you have a dog right now, or you're walking your dog in really extreme heat, then they might not be from this part of the world. <laughs> yeah. So, what? How do how do owners take care of make sure their dogs? Are yeah. Um, to to avoid uh, the the heat stroke. Heat stroke mm -hmm. is very common here as well. Um, so always make sure you know don't don't, don't take your your pet uh, for a walk in, in the hot sun of the day. Um, so always just very early of the day or late at night, just like the latest you can at night time uh, or evening time. Um, and also make sure you have plenty of water with you as well for your dog to drink. Um, and um, don't take it like if you think the, the day is, is even. Sometimes at these times of the day, it still can be quite hot. So it's it's not necessary to take your dogs for these walks, um, and um, because we can still during these times you can have some heat strokes as well. Um, also, especially if your dog is a brachycephalic breed, brachycephalic breed uh, breeds like um, uh, French bulldog, mm. uh, English bulldog, pugs. These breeds they have a lower airways and they struggle more with the heat, uh, and they tend to have more difficult breathing issues, they don't cool themselves well um, during heat, um, so be more cautious with these ones. Um, try not to, um, they don't usually go for long walks anyway, these struggle, uh, but but also be careful, um, always make sure that you have, you know, take them when it's cooler in the day, uh, make sure you have, um, have uh, enough water with you as well, um, and don't leave them in a car uh, when it's hot on themselves, mm. make sure you have the AC running, uh, during these times and all these things. Do pets need vitamin D? Um, they shouldn't if they have uh, the enough, if they have the, if they have it well in the food and also if they have enough exposure um, to the sun every day. They shouldn't. Um, but otherwise, yeah, of course, they, like if they don't have the sun exposure or if they have it in, in the diet, they, they, they probably they, they can get deficient in vitamin D or calcium as well. We see, we sure. see hypercalcemia oh, okay. a lot uh, sometimes in, in, in some cases. Um, yeah, we see it and then we have to give some vitamin D supplements. Um, but also usually if you give them a full 
quality, you know, a full complete diet and a high quality food, and also you take them in a regular basis um, for exercise and to see the sun, yep. then that should be fantastic. You shouldn't need to give any supplements at that stage. Is obesity in pets a problem? Of here? course, it's uh, it's a huge problem, uh, especially in this part of the world because we don't go for exercise uh, enough. We don't have that regular exercise because of the heat outside. So yes, um, and we have to be careful with feeding them. Uh, when we feed them, there are some. They, luckily, these days as well, there is um, uh, some uh, prescription diets that are actually designed to treat obesity or to decrease the chance of having obesity as well. So uh, some people may argue about feeding them less if they are obese. Um, I'm not a fan of doing that um, because when you feed them less, you actually make them more hungry and you still we still go and find food somewhere and then we, we are more hungry and we, we don't lose weight that fast. So this way to probably use a weight management diet, um, which has the right fibers that actually has uh, and the things that can actually burn more fat from your body, like L-carotene and these kind of things, that makes them to, to so we eat, we get what we need uh, from protein, vitamins, minerals, and we have less calories and also we still feel full. So change their food um, rather than just to decrease their food. Um, it, it, probably better to consult your veterinarian about that because um, it's not a straightforward thing. Every pet is different and every case is different and depends on the age, depends on if they have any other underlying conditions or obesity as well. Um, so yes, um, it, and also exercise is another important thing to do. But if it's the summertime and if it's not possible to do that, uh, in a regular basis, then yes, probably after you consult your veterinarian and see what they think about that. But yeah, don't just cut the food and uh, and expect that you will lose weight. And I remember what before I left Canada in uh, two thousand and eight, there was like a lot of talk about depressed pets and pets going on like Prozac. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is yeah. that a, a thing anymore? Like it or, is, yeah? it is, um, it is, and um, uh, especially um, yes, um, it, it's very common, um, and commonly in dogs and cats as well, and also birds. Um, and uh, I think it's, it's it's a problem these days, even with human. Mm. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, uh, it is very common, and there are medications for this these days, and uh, we see that a lot, uh, and it can cause some also some um, medical issues as well. So okay. it's not only psychological uh, problems; it can also cause um, some you know clinical uh, issues as well. Are the same the lifestyle sorry on the long term? In the long term, okay. Are the same lifestyle changes that can help humans? help pets who are depressed, like uh, sort of exercise and... Yes, it, exercise and also um, it's, a, it's it's more like every pet is different as well. And um, it's more about the bondship and sometimes there's a busy lifestyle with human and we don't have time to maybe sometimes, especially commonly I see that uh, with, with pets when, when the owners are quite busy and we don't have the time to spend with their pets. Um, and then we end up having these um, pets with behavioral issues or anxiety or these kind of things. Um, so yeah, if it's something that we can, if the owner can do and can maybe allow some more time with their pets, um, um, allow some excitement um, and some calmer environment that should probably help um, to, to get them better. If you're thinking of getting a pet, you have kids or you're just, you don't have kids, whatever, what do you think, what questions should you ask yourself, do you think? Um, if you're thinking about having a, a pet, then you, you, you so okay. So the, there are different questions. It depends on what you're having this before. Are you having this, um, you know, to, to be mainly like if you have kids to, to play with the kids, 
um, then um, you should ask yourself, so how old this pet will be? Um, uh, what breed are you, will you be able to take this pet um, every day for a walk? Um, or will you be able to, it's not possible for you to spend enough time with this pet? Um, and also, are you prepared? Uh, you also have to be prepared for, you know, um, taking the, the, the pet on a regular basis to your pet. Um, and also asking yourself about um, the, uh, uh, the nutritional kind of things as mm. well, uh, you know, and other illnesses and all of that. You, you have to, um, you know, these are the sort of things that you have to, like nutrition um, and, um, and also uh, illnesses as well. You have to, if you can spend some time with your, you know, with your veterinarian, um, ask about these kind of things before you have your pet. Like, are you going to be able to pay for it? Are you going to be able to be prepared for it if it happens? Yes. And are you going to be able to yes. move, the, move the pet? Because I think a lot yes. of people get pets here and then they don't realize what's Great. involved in moving them. So what should what should you ask yourself before you get a, yourself or, a, or your family a pet? Um, so the most important ones, am I, will I be able to take a full responsibility of this pet? Uh, this is a very important question that you should ask yourself. Um, most times, uh, sometimes people uh, get pets and they, they, probably, they, they realize the whole responsibility of, of having that pet. Um, they, need, they need exercising, they need um, um, to be aware about your nutrition, about the nutritional issues, about their age-related things, about you know, vaccinations and all these things. So uh, also breeds and usage of, 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 the, of, the, of the breeds of the different um, different. Uh, um, what, how we call it? Uh, different um, like requirements of the breed or uh, other special things. Uh, yeah, different specifications about the mm. breeds. Um, it also, is very important. These things are very important. Well, like you mentioned, the pugs and the exactly, and the bulldogs. exactly, exactly. Yeah. When you select, when you select your dog or your cat, you have to be aware about these kind of things as well. Um, and if they have some developmental issues uh, as they grow. Or as the age, being these other things also that you have to be aware of. So always, always have a have a meeting with the vet and um, discuss your situation and your family situation. Mm. Um, if you have kids or not, um, if you have an older lifestyle or indoor lifestyle, if you are busy or if you you know have some time to spend. So it, there is no like a set sort of things that you can give us straight away. Like every case is different. It depends on you know each family depends on what kind of pet you have. And do you have pets? Like, I used you? to have. Yeah. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> you see enough. You see enough, enough yeah. in here. Yeah. Yes, I used to have. Yes, I used to have horses. I used to have dogs and cats. Yes. Yeah, but not, not anymore. Yeah. yeah. You've got hundreds of pets. Of course, you're all mine. <laughs> um, well, listen. Thank you so much, Doctor. Thank you it's very awesome much. To talk pets thank you very much. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.